0: How's everybody doing? You guys good? Before you get on to me for uh, not being dressed appropriately for church, uh, I'm planning on heading to the park. And y'all know I don't. I just after two minutes of sweating, I just don't look good anymore. So I throw the hat on, t-shirt, black shirt uh, hides the sweat better. I mean, it felt. You know, anybody wake up last few weeks, uh, last few days, and you wake up in the morning and you're going, man, it feels good outside. You go back inside, you come back outside like an hour later, and you're just angry because it is not what it was, the power of consistency and faithfulness. We need to teach it to Texas Weather. We are glad you're here. I'm glad you are part of today and glad you are in the house. If you're a guest with us, church, would you just welcome them? We are glad you're a part of today. Um, You heard from my wife, my wife Meredith, and myself, Brandon, um, Uh, pastor this awesome amazing church it's my favorite church y'all y'all gotta know you are really you're just a great group of people i love i'm privileged honored to be able to preach and speak and talk with you and um i I really it an honor that you would come and sit and listen for a few minutes um and if you're a guest with us we're just glad you're here and uh we'd love to meet you and hang out with you and on your way out you can fill out a card so we can stay connected i uh, get you involved in a dinner party, which is awesome, food, right, Jesus, hanging out. It's a good time. And uh, so we'd love for you to be a part of that. It's fantastic. Um. I want you to turn to your, in your Bible. Well, actually, you know what? This out of the message, so if you don't have the message translation, don't even worry about it because you know it ain't going to sound the same. So Genesis 1, but you can mark it because it's not like this isn't, it's different. It's just said a little bit differently. But Genesis 1, 31, and like I said, I'm going to read it out of the message. Thank you, worship team. You guys can grab a seat. You guys are going to give it up for the worship team. They're fantastic. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness. That's a good song, man. That's a good song. All hey. right. Um, just thinking about singing it again. Hey, so um, we are in this series called From the Dust. How many of you enjoyed this? You've been in it a little bit? And uh, we've been in it for a while. Uh, We'll start a series here in the next couple weeks, the next few weeks, called uh, Future People. We haven't announced this, but we uh, are working on the details of having uh, a new friend of mine, a guy named Abraham Alexander, who's a local artist in the area and uh, has this great song out right now called America, Uh, but he is uh, just a great dude and got to have lunch with him, and he's going to be here on the 29th of October uh, leading worship and hanging out, so he's a super good dude, probably bringing some of his buddies and our worship team, will just kind of take the day off and, and hang out, so just wanted to let you know that, I don't know why, I just thought that was good, so you need to know about it, um, so make sure you bring your friends, mark that day, it's going to be good, maybe we'll have candy because it's close to Halloween, and, uh, but Genesis 131, we've been in this series called From the Dust, talking about what God's original intent, I love the way Leah said it, what does it mean to be human? The art of being human. How do you know sometimes just living and breathing can feel like a bit of an art form? Like if you don't have it down, you can really mess the thing up. You know what I mean? And uh, and we love to call our life abstract so we can get away with just having a very weird life. And uh, things don't go well, that's just abstract. I liked it on the edge there, and I'm not really sure why. But And I'm not saying you can't have that. I'm just saying uh, that we really, there does seem to be this kind of like, Man, don't you wish you just have paint by the numbers every once in a while? That you would wake up every morning and God would deliver to your iPhone because he is up with the latest and greatest. And, and he would be able to drop on your phone the steps you're supposed to take, the words you're supposed to say, the decisions you're supposed to Don't you wish that would just be exactly how it goes? And I'm not saying God doesn't do that. I'm just saying there are times where he could do it more. Right? There are times where he could just be a little more specific rather than just trust me. No. Tell me what to do. And, uh, and, and it's okay, Psalms got angry at God, so can I. And, and sometimes you just wish that it was just a little more clear. And so we've been in this series about what does it mean, and last week might have been my most, maybe not the most favorite, but, um, but definitely uh, I think more, one of the more critical messages, and I want to give props to uh, Nate Lindsay here who has been getting the messages sermons online like Sunday night, Monday morning, uh, plenty of time. Oh, that's good. Maybe you guys really like listening to them. That's good. Or they just really like you. I don't know. We'll just, you take yours, I'll take mine. We're good. And, um, and, and, uh, and, and, and lastly, we talked about uh, work. And we, we talked about the, the idea of a calling being beyond our career. And we talked about the, the calling of our life is first to Jesus, that we follow Jesus first. See, we love to get to the making part. Right? Jesus goes, follow me and I will make you. We love to skip ahead to the making part and we forget the following part but the following part is the context for the making part. And if we don't follow, we will not be formed in the way God has created us to be formed. So we get frustrated when our steps don't quite work out the way we had expected them to but the reality of it is is that our eyes fixed upon Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith is the thing that allows us to walk into who he's called us because calling focuses on two things. Future and freedom. Calling future, f- focuses on future and freedom. We love to live in it. When we remove God from our calling, We all we have now is our heredity. We have our past. We have our hurts and our pains. We have our upbringing. We have our circumstances. And so we allow our present and even our future to be determined by our past. Because what else would we be called to? And you can't say, well, I am called and not believe in a caller. Because the whole idea of having a purpose or a calling is that someone initiated it in your life. And so Jesus called the disciples so that he could make the disciples. And so he has called you first to follow him. And what you know what's awesome about that? You can follow him anywhere you are. And so your career doesn't limit your influence or your future or your calling or your purpose because your first call is him. And if you're called to reflect the image of an invisible God, then you can do that anywhere you go. So don't let the steps you take determine for you, or and they're not necessarily the circumstance or career you're in, to determine for you the calling you have. You are called first to be a follower. And if I'll follow well, those doors will open, and I'll find myself walking through some things and walking through different, but but I am called to a freedom and a future in Him. And and today, I, we've got a shortened service today because we are, we've got to get out of the venue and um, it's okay, Jesus still loves them, but we've got to be out of here early, and uh, actually, you know what, let me just real quickly just say, these guys have been amazing, 809 Vickery has been just absolutely outstanding, John and Mary and those guys have just been phenomenal and uh, have really helped us out on so many levels, so if you ever see some of the guys working around, make sure you slap them high five, just tell them thank you, and, uh, and props to you, because they always tell us we're the easiest clients they've ever worked with, and so way to go, guys, but, um, but I just, I, I um, where was I? Yeah, we got to be out early, so I'm going to go short. Um, some of you guys are like, sweet, that's awesome. We've been waiting for the day. Um, but I want to read a verse to you out of Genesis. It's a, yeah, I went digging for that, and I, it worked. Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. I want to read out of the message just because I, I like it in the message. It says this, God looked over everything he had made. So Genesis 1 is talking all about the creation story. Genesis 2 talks about it as well, a little bit more detail. But Genesis 1 talks about the days and what was created and all these things. And Genesis 1 says, God looked at everything he had made. It was good. So very good. Have you ever added a very to good? Have you ever had anybody say, you ever asked them, hey, how'd your day go? How's your day going? How you doing? And they say, good. You, can, you kind of immediately go, I don't know if they're telling me the truth. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like even when you say it, no, I'm good. Kind of, you know. What was that? Nothing. I'm good. I'm good. But if you say very good, you don't say very good unless you're actually doing good, right? And it might actually surprise you. How are you doing today? Very good. You're like, well, okay, I don't know how to react to people who actually had a very good day. I'm more used to the good, so I can just kind of maybe slap your high five and shake your hand and say, well, that's awesome. I hope it's still good. Um, very good. And see, this is kind of the intent of God's creation. See, I listen, the statement here, this idea that it was very good, the statement here is not Necessarily a, a declaration. Like it's gonna be good, or it's good. It's actually a statement of admiration. He's looking at what he's created and he's saying, Oh, I did good. I mean, truly, and and, and, and this is the only the only time you actually see very good. The other parts are good, but until he created man, he didn't actually say anything, uh he actually said very good. He added To the statement he went from it was a good day to a very good day when the pinnacle of his creation the those who would bear his image on the earth who would cultivate what he had created right because we talked about that earlier you're gonna have to go listen to the series but you're gonna have to and you can double speed it on podcast I do that all the time it's fantastic but listen but if, if we cultivate what he's created work existed in paradise work was not a curse we are meant to have joy in work in what we put our hands to. That's why when your heart's not engaged or your hands are not engaged, it just doesn't seem to work because they're meant to work together. And so this that th- there is a purpose to creation. The garden of Eden wasn't created perfectly. It was created good. That might I don't want we're not going to dig into that. I might have just messed up all your theology. But it never says creation was perfect. It says it was good. Because it wasn't finished yet. See, sometimes I think we pursue perfection when that was never what God necessarily created. God created purpose and intent. God created calling. God created for you to do something. The plants had not been grown yet. The things had not been done yet. That God was intending for you to cultivate what had been created. It was very good. Have you ever made something and looked back on it and said, man, that was, that was very good. You know, Nate here for his dinner parties makes food sometimes, and it's, it's not just good. It's always very good. One night, we, Mary and I just had him over, and, uh, we're just hanging out, and he made us some steak, and it was very good. I have (laughs) talked about that steak, and I'm upset that you have not come back over again and made it, and, uh, but it was very good. And listen, that's meant to be the rhythm of our life. The rhythm of our life is that we would work, we would create, we would cause. And then we would look back and celebrate and rejoice and admire what God had done in us and through us. The whole point of a Sunday is not necessarily just to come in here just hoping we make it through the week, although that happens. But to be also able to look back and go, God, you used me. God, you changed something because of what you did in my heart. I am creating every day, all day. I'm creating something, and now I can look back at it and celebrate it. And so that's the idea of rest. Rest is active. We talked well I'm getting, I'm way off the point, y'all, but it's very, very good. That's not just me saying, declaring it, I'm admiring it. There's something about adding the very good. I don't know, maybe you've never thought about yourself that way. Maybe you've never thought about your life or who you are as very good. But that's the way God looks at his creation of which you are. God looks at you and says, Very good. You are my image bearer. You are the one I created in my image to be that on the earth, to be someone that people see and are able to see me. Because the greater the creation, the more we admire the creator. When we begin to see amazing creation, we're able to look beyond it and see that someone initiated it and someone started it and someone made it. And so that's why when you look at a car, you don't praise the car, you praise the person who made the car. I didn't look at the steak that Nate made me and went, oh, steak, thank you stake you're so great steak you're awesome I said Nate that was very good why because you made it and creation and even our own life is meant for people to see in us the glory of God and it was not perfect I think so many times we are chasing perfection even in the church we get in the church and we go well I better be perfect I better be I better be perfect no the whole point of the gospel is that you can't be We sometimes look at the things Jesus said about how we should live and what we should do, and sometimes we look at that and we go, well, that means that I'm not measuring up right. Exactly. That's not there to beat you up. It's to help you realize you are not perfect. And in the realization that you are not perfect, my grace and my mercy is still sufficient for you. My goodness is still sufficient for you. That is what you need to know. That is what you need to understand. God did not raise the standard so you could feel worse about yourself. He raised the standard to say there is no one else that can reach the standard except for me. And I've purchased your grace and your mercy and your righteousness with my son. That's the good news. We want to make it all about other things, but the good news is a simple good news. You have been given new life because he, because he gave it, not because you earned it. And so this idea that we are trying to pursue perfection when what we really should be pursuing, when what we really should be going after, when what we really should be putting our eyes to is that there is a purpose in our life. God, you know, I just don't think God wants me to get to the end of my life and go, I lived it perfect. Perfect. No, he's going to go, he want, he's, he's what he's going to want to hear is, I lived it with purpose. I lived with intentionality. I lived it with calling on my heart. I didn't wake up every day going, I could do a hundred things, so I'm not going to do anything. I lived it waking up going, I got two or three things I'm going to accomplish while I have breath in my lungs. And I'm going to live it with everything I got. And it starts with following you. There's, there's something that happens in our life when we begin to realize that God is actually giving us something to do that we live on purpose. Psalm 104, and just just so you don't think it was a here and now thing, just so you don't think that it was like, well, that was good when Adam hadn't screwed everything up yet, right? That was good then. But I don't know why, if that was the case, why Psalm 104, the writer of Psalm 104 would say this, may the glory of the Lord continue forever. The Lord takes pleasure in all he has made. All through the Bible, we see a God who loves what he's created, even though what he's created did not always do it exactly right. As though God is not big enough to redeem our mistakes. As though God can't handle the fact that we didn't do it right all the time. If he he just wanted us to be perfect, he would not have given us free will. The perfection idea is, is just misguided. And I understand why we get there. But our righteousness is given to us. It's imputed to us. It is not of our own making. It's given to us so that we can go and pursue knowing that the grace is there for us. And I'm not necessarily saying hyper-grace kind of thing where you don't have any responsibility. I'm saying in response to the goodness of God and the fact that he's not asking you to be perfect. He's asking you to be intentional. He's asking you to wake up every day going, I got breath in my lungs. How am I going to use it? To be a light in the darkness. To be a city on a hill. Ephesians 2 says this. Ephesians 2 says in verse 4 through 5, and this one I will actually read uh, from the Holman Christian Standard Bible. That's my translation. But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us. Listen, I love, this is one of my favorite chapters in all the Bible. Made us alive. He made us alive with the Messiah, even though we were dead in trespasses, you were saved by grace. This is the gospel, and I, I don't want to, again, I want to expand our view of the gospel. For many of us, we've reduced the good news, and if you're kind of going, what is the gospel? The gospel is what Jesus came to proclaim. The gospel is the good news that Jesus brought and activated in our lives and in the earth because of his sacrifice for us. The fact that we cannot earn what he's given, and there's nothing we can do to make the cross better, or to make the more effective. There's nothing we can do to make his resurrection more powerful. It is what it is if we simply receive it. Amen? And so that's the gospel. That's the good news. And you go read John and, you, man, you'll, you'll get the good news, okay? But we have reduced the gospel sometimes to a past we've been forgiven of and a, a heaven we've been given. And we've forgotten that there's a present to be lived. We tend to go, oh yeah, so I've been forg- forgiven of my past. And I've got heaven in my future. And then we go, what the heck do I do now? But if I read this correctly, he's made us alive now. Not necessarily tomorrow, not yesterday. Now. He's made us alive with Christ. We are alive now. That's the intention of the good news is that now we are made alive. Now, remember... The creation story, Genesis, God shaped Adam out of the earth, and then he did something that the shape does not determine that you are alive. The fact that you have all your limbs and the eyes and the mouth, that doesn't make you alive. That's not what makes you. It is when God breathed into Adam and gave him his spirit that he actually was fully alive. So many of us are walking around in life with the shape, and we do not have the spirit. And so we can have all the stuff and not have the joy or the hope or the faith. We can have more than almost any of our neighbors and still be frustrated. Why? Because it is the Spirit of God that brings real, true life. And it's the same thing here. When we read Ephesians 2, what we're reading is that God has sent Christ and he has paid a price for us, not just so we'd be forgiven and not just so that we have a future, but because now we have a present. And in this present moment, we can be fully alive. We can be alive and breathing like Adam was fully engaged he has redeemed our life and our spirit and he has breathed something into us and if we view it any other way we have reduced the good news of jesus to something that was great then and will be good then but we're not really sure what it has to do with now but it is a present reality that we are made alive in christ and then let's go to the let's go to the the verse that everybody reads john 10 10 I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Translation because I I really want to mess up uh, some of your thinking today. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. Listen to what Jesus, this is Jesus talking, just to bring some clarity. This is Jesus speaking. I came, I came, Jesus came, that they may have and, listen to this one, Enjoy. I know that messes up some of y'all, doesn't it? Because you're not supposed to enjoy this Christian thing. This is not supposed to be enjoyable. This is not supposed to be joyful and rejoicing. No, you're supposed to suffer and pay for all your stuff and deal with all your... No, you are meant to have and enjoy this life. That doesn't mean you don't go through things. It doesn't mean you don't have difficult moments. But in the midst of it all, you are meant to have it, but not just have it. You are meant to enjoy it and have it, in, have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. This is not an incomplete life. It is a life that's meant to be lived to the fullest. I read this stat the other day, and, and again, I don't know if this is exactly right, but I'm guessing that it's in the ballpark. 70% of people wake up in the morning and think, I got to do something else. Or maybe they think three more days until the weekend. Listen, let me just tell you something. If you can only enjoy parts of your life, you are not fully alive. If you can only enjoy certain days of the week, then you are missing part of what God intended for you. If you can only say there's certain, and again, I'm not trying to make it sound like, I don't want anybody to get the view that we're just trying to make, this thing all hunky-dory, slap high-fives, everything's good, no problems, no issues. That's not the point here. The point is that when we realize that from the inside out we've been redeemed, restored, and we've been given a life that is meant to be enjoyed. That's why Paul even says, I have learned even in trial and heartache, even when stretching, even when being persecuted, even when I've been fed and not fed, even when I'm good to go when I'm not good to go. I can, in all these things, still celebrate and know and follow Jesus. I am still who I am regardless because I am not trying to pursue perfection. I am pursuing purpose, and in pursuing purpose, I am finding there is meaning that goes beyond anything you could ever put in front of me today. I am alive in Christ, and that's the question. I don't know if you remember. Some of you may be too young, but uh, 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 do you remember the WWJD bracelet's I know it was kind of corny. Like, I get it. And I, and I also think it was like a lot of pressure, right? Like to wear one of those on your wrist. Like, you don't screw up right now because you got that thing. That was not what Jesus would do. It's not. And, uh, but here's the, but that's ultimately the question of our lives. Because if we were going to try to find someone who was fully embracing and living with intentionality his life, it would be Jesus. If we were to look at one human who lived their life incredibly, purposeful and strong it would be jesus and and we get well he was the son of god yeah i get that but, but but really when we when you look through the scriptures it wasn't until jesus was baptized in the holy spirit that something shifted in his life and he began to do the ministry god had called him to do he was always the son of god but there was something about activating this fullness of life that when god gives us the holy spirit When God gives us who he is in us, there's something that shifts in our life. And we're able to walk this thing just that much different. And if we could ask ourselves the question, man, who am I? Well, I want to be like Christ. And that's the essence of discipleship. That's the intention of discipleship, is that we would become more and more like Jesus. And so maybe we need to look at our workplace on a Monday that we don't always enjoy. Have you ever thought maybe it's part of your discipleship? That even in this day that I don't like, I'm going to stretch myself. I'm going to lean into what God's doing, and I'm going to find a joy that other people haven't found. And I'm going to find a hope that maybe other people haven't found. And in that, I'm going to begin to see it overflow into those around me. I'm going to begin to see this life that happens. The more like Jesus we are, the more like the image of God that we are, the more God gets the glory. There's a a great church father, I'm not gonna try to say his name, but he he had this quote. He said, the glory of God is a human being fully alive. The best thing you can offer this world is for you to be fully alive, fully you, fully engaged. The best thing you can do is to lean in so much into who God's called you to be. Because the Bible says that who we are is wrapped up in Christ Jesus. We don't find it anywhere else. His intention was for you to be fully alive and to be able to look at you just like he looked at creation and say these words. Oh, that's good. That is very, very good. To not go, God, what do you think about me? Why well, is good? Okay, I don't know if you're lying. No, 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 it's very good. I've made you alive with Christ and I've given you my Holy Spirit that he might breathe life into your world, that he might give you vision for tomorrow, that he will live in you presently and you would be fully alive, not letting anything else determine for you whether you take your next breath, whether or not you rise up into who God's called you to be. The art of being human is the art of following Jesus, pursuing him, and being who he's called you to be because of who the Holy Spirit is in you. Don't chase perfection this week. Because you won't get there. Well, I encourage you, pursue purpose. Pursue calling. Pursue Jesus. And watch as he begins to shape your days and your weeks. I want to pray over this, and then we're going to give in just a moment. But uh, as we close the service, and then we're all going to head to the park, and we'd love for you guys to come, and even if you're just hanging out. We'd love for you to be there. But I just I wanna pray over our church even now that 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 we would be a, a church that is fully alive. And some of you for a while maybe have been feeling like you've got the shape, like you've been, you know, God's formed you and he's made you, and, and you've got the shape to your life, but there's something that's missing, there's something that's not quite there, and, and maybe it's you're trying to respond to the calling of your life without realizing there's a caller. there's someone who's actually said your name and said, I've made you with a purpose, and I will make you as you follow me. And maybe that's the thing, maybe today it's just surrendering your life to Jesus and going, "I, I mean, I, I just want to say, Jesus, this is yours. Everything I am, everything I have, everything I do is yours. Uh, but maybe for some of you, it's, man, it's this this idea that you're going to somehow someday be perfect. You ain't. It ain't gonna happen. Uh, The Bible says that you're going to, that he's going to continue to work on you until the day you meet Jesus. That means for the rest of your life, he will be working out this thing he started in you. So don't get hung up on the fact that you haven't done it all correctly. Get hung up on the fact that you know what? Jesus has paid a price for you so that you can pursue purpose in him and you can live intentionally and be a light in the world and salt of the earth. Some of you are looking at me going, man, I just, I just need life. I want to be fully alive. I want God to look upon me and go, that is good. It is very good. Would you bow your heads with me? I want to pray. God, I thank you for today. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for what you've done.